0: Smarties, Steph and I have gone through the archives and we have pre-selected some episodes that we are not 100% sure you have all heard. Have no worries. We are going to be spending a little bit of time over the next few months re-airing episodes that are meaningful, important, and we want to make sure everybody hears. And honestly, even if you've heard it when it came out, they're good enough to listen to a second time. Let's get going. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast.
1: We hear the following almost every single day. My kid has so much to say on a topic, but when they sit down to write, they only write three or four sentences. Please know, Smarties, that if this is your child, you're absolutely not alone. It is incredibly frustrating and demoralizing. There are some real reasons that make writing incredibly difficult. To pull back the curtain on this podcast, we discussed writing a blog before we decided to do a podcast. We opted not to do the blog because writing is so hard. Of course, now we write out every episode, but there are some reasons why it works. Listen to the end of this episode to find out why writing this podcast is so much easier than writing a blog. Let's dig in.
0: Hi, Smarties. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. And welcome to episode 20 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. We really debated what series this episode belonged in. Should it be the first episode of a writing series, or should it continue our executive functioning series? After much debate, we decided it belonged in executive functioning because, as you've heard us say before, writing is all
1: executive functioning. Before we dig in, we just wanted to share with you something our friend Corey Zacker posted on Facebook. It can be a little hard to know your impact with a podcast. We're at home, talking into a computer, and quite frankly, are never camera ready. We are always in pajamas when we record. I am. Are you right now? I am too. <laughs> but Corey posted the following shout out to her Facebook page on September 4th, and it really pulled at our heartstrings, and we wanted to share it with you.
0: Hey, my friends with kids, and I know there are a lot of you, check out this amazing podcast from my friends, Stephanie Pitts and Rachel Cap. They are spectacular educational therapists I met while working at Fusion Academy, South Bay, and you need to dump all their knowledge into your brain. Subscribe to their podcast for tips on reading comprehension, executive function, reading, math, ADHD, and so much more. You're welcome. And then she wrote a little happy face emoji.
1: (laughs) Corey, thank you for the unsolicited love. We love this podcast and this made our day so much brighter. If you are also loving
0: the podcast, will you do us a favor? Will you five-star us and write us a review? So many of you already have, and we thank you for doing that.
1: The conversation we're about to have is a conversation – that Rach and I have almost daily with our parents in our private practice. We want to be upfront. This episode is mainly a deep dive into what makes writing so hard. We are starting here because it is critical to understand why it is so difficult before you can begin to think about what to do. Of course, we have your backs. The first
0: thing that we think is really important for all parents to understand is the difference between written expression which is expressing ideas in written language, so getting your thoughts to the paper. So holding your pen and holding your paper and having your hand form letters. Steph, why do you think it's so critical that parents understand the difference between written expression and the physical act of writing?
1: I think it really comes down to that everybody thinks it's all one. Right. There's two things going on simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like when you're learning to drive a car. I remember I was so worried about not hitting the cars on the right side that I wouldn't be able to keep the depth while paying attention and looking forward and looking in the mirrors. It and doing was only all... the cars on the right side? You weren't concerned about the cars on the left? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was worried about. Not that it's ever been a problem, but all the different components going on at once when you're first learning how to drive. If you guys think back to it. Totally overwhelming. It is. And there's so many things to keep track of. And that's exactly what writing is about. So you're sitting there and you have to keep track of what you're going to write, how you're going to make them in a specific order, all the while trying to hold on to it and then think of how to form the letters, how to spell the certain things.
0: Or if you're a slow typer, finding those letters on the keyboard.
1: Yeah, if you have a kid that hasn't practiced typing and they're doing it one finger at a time you know, with the two index fingers, right? So trying to remember all of that simultaneously when you're first learning how to do it is hard. There's a
0: reason why I think you're the queen of the analogies in addition to being a game guru. I've never thought about it in terms of driving a car, but that's a really good analogy to help parents understand how complicated and how many different things you have to attend to while writing.
1: Well, thank you. It's a perfect analogy. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. If you think back to it, I mean, it was very scary. Now, do you even pay attention to half those things? No, because it's automatic. I, well, I was never worried about the right side myself because <laughs> I'm
0: good. But you're right. It does become more automatic. You're absolutely right. Which leads us into our main question of this episode, which is why is writing so hard? Steph just gave you a very good understanding that writing is the ultimate executive functioning exercise. You have to hold on to ideas. You have to organize them into meaningful, quote-unquote, formal language, which is absolutely something we're going to have to dig into in future episodes. You have to be able to answer a question. You have to demonstrate critical thinking and deeper level thinking. You have to be able to make connections to your real life. You have to be able to attend to all the Various things of language, of grammar, of punctuation, of spelling, which I think we've talked about on this podcast before. We're not so concerned about the spelling for our students.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to add that when I have kids that come in that are definitely struggling with writing, Mm -hmm. a lot of them get so stuck with the spelling. Agreed. And I say spelling doesn't count. Spelling doesn't count for my clients in session
0: either, and that's actually something we can often negotiate with the schools as well to, yes, let's point out when they misspell a word, but let's not hyper-focus on it because the ultimate goal of writing is to be able to express your ideas to another person so that they're able to understand it, right? Right, exactly. I can still understand ideas even if things are misspelled. I don't have to be totally sidetracked by the spelling.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think it's important to add that most people don't realize that writing is the last thing to develop. So what do you mean by that? What do you do first? First, you have to learn how to read Mm -hmm. and all the steps that involve reading. You have to learn actually how to form your letters. Yep. You have to actually physically form and physically write how to form the letters. Mm -hmm. It really can happen all
0: of a sudden for these kids. All of a sudden, they're being asked to compose sentences. Yes. And let's make these sentences even more complex. Let's ask you questions and have you respond just to the questions. And it happens really, really rapidly, probably by the end of second grade into third grade, which is why... We get a lot of calls for third graders, mm-hmm. don't we, Steph? Or the, or yeah, or at the end of third grade. At the end of third grade, what third grade was rough, and it's because yeah. writing is suddenly introduced, and all these other elements of grammar are introduced simultaneously. And here, express yourself, but express yourself
1: in order, <laughs> attend to the rules of grammar, <laughs> and go for it. What's the problem? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, to add to the analogy, when most children start speaking. They start speaking in babble, and then they start to say words. Most kids, of course, there's exceptions, but most kids don't come out speaking full sentences and then multiple sentences. So Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with writing. It's got different steps, just like we talk about a staircase. Each thing is one step to the staircase. And second, third grade is where they start saying, oh, you need to hop up. You got to go to the top of the staircase.
0: (laughs) Lots of kids are able to cope and compensate. But I would argue that if a student has some sort of learning difference, like I'll call it a learning interference, this becomes incredibly complicated for them. And they start to really be adverse to it.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. And they don't know what to write. That's a lot of times what I struggle with Mm -hmm. um, with my clients. Sometimes they have
0: too much to say. Yes. And they don't know how to organize it. This is why at the beginning of this episode, we talk about the difference between written expression and the ideas and the physical act of writing. Because it's important to know which is hard for your student. Mm -hmm. If it's a physical act of writing, we're going to have different recommendations than if it's the student who has either too many ideas or not enough ideas. That's a different strategy. It's true. It's true. And sometimes it's both. And it can be both. Then you have to look at it from a larger, even like more pulled back perspective
1: of we have to support them in both ways. Another reason why writing is so hard is because think about how far it needs to travel. It needs to travel all the way from your brain down to your fingertips. That's a long way for a little kid. You're thinking about how tall they are. It is a lot of time. That they have to sit there and remember and then have to be thinking about all the things simultaneously. And that physical distance,
0: if kids have slower processing or they struggle with memory, in addition to struggling with the physical act of writing, that makes it more complicated also. Another reason, which is very similar but a different element of this physical is if your student is still thinking about how to form letters in addition to holding on to ideas. This is why we talk about spelling not being that important also because we would prefer that our students always focus on holding on to the ideas and then let's loop in strategies so that the ideas can get out of their body quickly. Mm -hmm. And so that's another reason that we can have some writing interference Because they're focused on the wrong thing. Because we tell them it's important. It's true. But the most
1: important thing is getting your ideas out. Another reason writing is so hard is blank page anxiety. And I think we all know what that is. And I think most people have experienced this at some point or another in their lives. Even authors experience it. And it's when you're looking at a blank page on a computer or even a piece of paper, and you don't have a good idea of what you're going to say, but also how you're going to start. And starting for a lot of kids is really the hardest part. I agree. If you guys think about when you open a Word doc and you see that
0: little blinky, the little <laughs> blinky line, yeah, and it's your responsibility to fill that page, That overwhelms us as adults. It really overwhelms our little people. This gets even more complicated with kids in middle school and high school because the demands are so much higher, which leads us into our sixth reason that writing is difficult, which is that kids are often encouraged to start writing. With a thesis in mind. Oh. So for those who, so just so we're all on the same page, that thesis is the main idea, that main thing that we want to communicate. And I will tell you, most of us don't know our thesis when we start writing. Now, times that you do know your thesis is when you're writing an email because you're short and to the point and you are doing it specifically to communicate an idea or to ask a question. So that thesis is very, very obvious. Steph, you're nodding. Did I just give a really nice... Yeah,
1: that's a really good idea. I really, really like it about your thesis of an email. I think that's a really good thing to start with some kids. I'm going to use it.
0: I will do it as well because I've never thought of it before this very moment. I love it. It's fantastic. You know, another way that we can kind of think about this with our kids is what is the caption that you're writing on Instagram? Oh, yeah. I love that. Isn't that the point of Instagram is your caption is kind of that thesis statement that you want people to know for that particular photo?
1: Yeah. Oh, I have to tell you guys, some of you know that my dogs are a little bit famous on Instagram. And because of everything going on in the practice and this podcast, it's a lot for me to actually post on it. And half the time, is because I don't know what picture to post. But the other half the time is because I don't know what I want to say. And that's preventing me from posting an entire day.
0: (laughs) So I totally get it. I think yesterday you posted some photos of them. The caption was like, they have a case of the Mondays, which I really enjoyed. We're recording this on a Tuesday, by the way. (laughs) Steph, why don't you give a shout out to that Instagram so people want to go
1: follow the boys they can. Oh, uh, the boys. Yeah, it's uh, Andy Tucker underscore the Doxies if you're interested in following them. They're pretty cute. They're really cute dogs. So Thank anyway, you.
0: we've just come up with a couple of strategies off the cuff, which is what happens when <laughs> Steph and I get
1: together. We'll give you more next week also. The next reason why writing is so hard is that – I get this all the time. Yes. The kids don't understand the prompt. Learning how to convert a prompt into questions that you can identify and structure your essay around is very critical. A lot of kids don't know how to break apart a prompt. And I don't really blame them because the prompt usually has at least five or more questions within one prompt. And that is daunting.
0: And they're not written as questions sometimes. They're kind of written as this is something you could think about. Just like we've talked about in previous episodes for reading in that we want kids reading for information. We want kids writing in response to a question. And if it's not given to them, which by the way, this is mostly kids start to really experience this in middle school and high school and for sure college. And that skill on how to interpret a prompt and turn it into questions that you can answer Really, really important. And you know what, Steph? I think it's so important that I think we should write a future episode about that.
1: I think it's a good idea. So,
0: the next element that makes writing so difficult, particularly for our older dudes and dudettes, is sometimes our students are being asked to analyze the following elements themes, structures, patterns, predictions, plots. Audience, characters, settings, and form. And sometimes they're being asked to analyze all these elements simultaneously. So hard. It's really hard because you at first have to understand what all these different elements mean. And by the way, we only listed some of them. We didn't list All of them that we possibly could have, and I'm sure you guys are thinking it back and thinking, oh, they didn't mention diction or they didn't mention – what's another one? Alliteration. Uh, It's all in there and it's all complicated and it's all difficult.
1: It's just like when we've talked about reading and having to annotate in the side and keep track of everything all at once. It's hard to keep track of everything all at once until it becomes more automatic.
0: And you can think about it, and I think I've used this analogy on the podcast before, is that guy who's spinning all the plates. You know, we live in Los Angeles, so I'm always thinking of, like, Third Street Promenade when I'm thinking of those street performers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that guy who's spinning all the plates simultaneously. You're like, how did he do that? Well, he didn't learn how to spin all the plates simultaneously in one day, right? He learned how to spin one plate. And then he learned how to spin two plates simultaneously, right? Yeah. So it's kind of the same principle. And next week when we talk about what to do for all these different challenges, we'll probably bring up that analogy again. But you will hear us talk about how complicated this all is and how to break it down so that these kids can think it's manageable. So honestly, we can think it's manageable too. I mean, Steph, to pull back the curtain on this podcast, we're on episode 20 right now it is much, much, much easier for us to write an episode now than it was for us to write episode one. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh, yeah. Episode one, how many times did we fix it or change it or redo it? it We recorded
0: episode zero, zero multiple times, and now we don't re-record. Well, sometimes we have when we've had (laughs) issues or we wanted to add an idea or a thought, but we're, on the whole, much more comfortable with our process than we were... 20 episodes ago it's so true it took us nine months to produce episode zero zero and now it takes us about a week to produce another episode (laughs) which we work on intermittently just to show you we've streamlined this process down a little bit it's gonna get even more streamlined can't wait i'm very excited i'm very excited for it to become even easier for us So to pull back the curtain of this podcast even more, we did share earlier in this episode that Steph and I considered writing a blog because we knew we wanted to do a project together about educational therapy, and we opted to do this podcast instead. And writing this podcast for us is so much easier than writing a blog ever could be. Number one, we felt like a blog was homework, didn't
1: we? (laughs) Oh Yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And... We also realized we don't actually read blogs. So why would we produce
1: something that isn't something we go and seek out and and read, right? Yeah. I mean, it just didn't seem like it fit our personalities very much. This podcast absolutely fit our personalities better because
0: of the following reasons. We still have to write in producing these episodes, but we're writing ideas down in our own voice which means for me, I can be funny, right? Totally. And, and your personality can shine through. We write in note form and we expand from there. We are not burdened by having to write an entire cohesive paragraph because we will figure it out as we're recording. And we don't have to worry about grammar or syntax or any of those things that are important for writers to pay attention to. So true. The reason we're sharing all this is because we want to take these principles and make it easier for our students and have them use kind of these strategies to transition into a more formal, higher level, critical thinking style of writing, which is something we'll talk about next week. Did I make that connection clear enough for
1: the Smarties staff? I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's good. Okay, good. Yeah. Smarties, if you're finding this podcast to be meaningful and has helped you in any way, please, please leave us a five-star review and let us know. Let us know what's helped you. Let us know what you want to hear. Is there something that we haven't covered yet? We'd love to know.
0: We invite you to email us at LearnSmarterPodcast at gmail.com or to connect with us on Instagram. We read everything. And for those of you who've reached out already, we hear you and we see you. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. So have a great week and we'll see you next week. See you next week.